Welcome to First Hand, a podcast produced in the office of Alaska Governor Mike Dunleavy, where commissioners and subject matter experts step back from the lectern for a longer look and a conversation. I'm Patty Sullivan. And we can point to $30 million um, of savings that different municipalities, cities, and boroughs across the state have saved um, by using those master agreements for the state. Today is November 3rd, 2021. On this episode, we welcome to the show the new commissioner of the Alaska Department of Administration, Paula Vrana. Good afternoon, Patty. Thank you so much for having me on the podcast. Thank you for joining us. Let's talk about the vital function of your department. There's a noble comparison of your department as the mortar of a brick building. Without the mortar, the building, or in this case, the government, falls. Is that, is that how you view it? Yes. When we look at the brick and mortar, the other departments you know, have very specific and direct public focus. They're the bricks of the executive branch. We at DOA, or the Department of Administration, we're the mortar. We work to keep the structure standing. But even with the strong focus on the other departments you know, that we do serve, that, we, that are our customers, we also have several divisions and agencies that do work directly with the public every day, that are public-facing. Okay. It's been said that the public is generally unaware or maybe not even interested in what DOA does. How do you keep your spirited step knowing this? <laughs> well, honestly, the Department of Administration really boring (laughs) but boring can be a good thing because it means we're doing our job seamlessly sticking with the brick and mortar analogy it's probably not typical to be curious about or to admire a structure for its great mortar however it's really critical Um, it's structural and that's the way you know we look at the department of administration It, it truly is a support structure for the vital functions like internet technology, um, finance, payroll services, um, so that the whole structure, all of the departments can serve Alaskans well. Okay, now I'm gonna get in trouble with your special assistant here. (laughs) Um, When you say vital, it makes me think of what another staffer said, a long-term staffer said, administration is the liver of government. (laughs) That's very true, the liver, maybe the heart. (laughs) I think that's accurate. We do. Almost everything that happens across the state and state government touches the Department of Administration or the Department of Administration touches touches them. Mm-hmm. So that is very true. And a vital think, organ. Yep, vital a organ. vital okay. organ. No one Absolutely. wants to be a liver. But, that's right. Uh, <laughs> may, maybe the heart. Maybe that you're right. Yes. <laughs> um, your missions are often the missions of other departments. You know, we're still going on this theme of how you guys are basically soldiers carrying out duties. Your projects are ways you can make things work better, cheaper, or easier for the state. Is that inspiring for you as the commissioner? Absolutely. Um, it is very inspiring. It's what inspires me to go to work every day and to give my best and to give my all to the department um, to support our leadership across the department um, in doing what we hope um, has the end result of being very inspiring. Um, We work to make things better, cheaper, and easier. And that's where we add our value in state government um, by adapting our practices, improving the way we do business, we really can affect meaningful change across the whole state. We save time and money, and we provide better service. A a few examples of what we're doing, we're consolidating 
and centralizing internet technology services, human resource services, procurement, and shared services all within our department. So those groups of folks that work in those areas um, will all consolidate from across the different departments into the Department of Administration. That's what that means. You know, efficiency and delivering services, it sounds so flat until you're the one who needs the service, of course, and that's truly vital. It really is, and it saves money. Already, we can point to some realized savings um, for shared services, for example, which they process accounts payable and travel for departments across the state. They've saved $3.6 million a year by consolidating um, shared services into the Department of Administration. And again, I can point to the Office of Procurement and Property Management. They've saved $12.8 million for the various departments, and they did that through establishing master agreements um, in the place of one-off contracts. Mm-hmm. So that's cost avoidance for the different departments. They saved $12.8 million, which I think is is um, really outstanding and, and early on in, in the consolidation as well. The other interesting fact that I think Alaskans might be interested in is that political subdivisions like municipalities and cities and boroughs, they can use the state's master agreements and we can point to $30 million um, of savings that different municipalities, cities and boroughs across the state have saved um, by using those master agreements for the state. Okay, so 12 million. Yep, 12.8. 3 million and 30 million. That's the the spirit in your stuff. Yes, (laughs) that's right. How does your department apply to regular old people's lives, Alaskans? We serve Alaskans indirectly. We support all of the 14 departments that make up the executive branch. So in that way, we serve Alaskans indirectly. We also work directly with the public, with our public-facing divisions. And those would be the Division of Motor Vehicles, the Public Defender Agency, the Office of Public Advocacy, the Office of Administrative Hearings, and the Division of Retirement and Benefits. All of those are public-facing entities. Before we dive further into the department, let's learn a little bit more about you. Governor Dunleavy appointed you in September as commissioner after acting Commissioner Amanda Holland retired after 30 years of public service. You have been serving as deputy commissioner of admin since 2019. Before that, you practiced law for 13 years at the law firm of Brenna Bell and Clarkson. You were the chief executive officer of the Copper River Native Association up near Glen Allen for three years, and you served as executive director for the Hospice of Anchorage for a year. What do those past jobs bring to your job as commissioner? Well, I think that my 13 years of practicing mostly administrative and oil and gas law really taught me about managing through very large and very complex problems. Um, It taught me to look at all sides of the picture and to think outside the box. And it absolutely developed me as a professional and an advocate. Um, My work at Copper River Native Association was incredibly rewarding. Um, There, I led the organization which the Copper River Native Association offered health, behavioral health, and tribal services to its beneficiaries. I led them um, to the successful opening of a brand new, large, and extremely beautiful health facility for the region. Um, It was a celebrated accomplishment, and it was deeply appreciated by the beneficiaries and the region it serves. I'm very, very proud of my work there. Um, And my work at Hospice of Anchorage was completely different. Um, It taught me to listen and to be patient. 
every family's needs are different. And I learned that it was very, very important to slow down, to pause, and to listen, and adjust the assistance that Hospice of Anchorage provided according to each individual family's experiences. And those experiences can vary. Um, and it also reinforced in me the qualities of compassion and kindness especially in times of suffering and sorrow. Mm -hmm. Very good point. I'm experiencing that now with my own uh, elderly father, and I really appreciate the healthcare workers who, who come into the home. Wonderful. You're a fourth-generation Alaskan raised in Skagway. So who in your family arrived here and when? Ooh, both of my parents were born in Skagway. My grandparents arrived in Skagway during the late World War II era. They were in their very early 20s, and once they arrived, they never looked back. They never left. I grew up um, there in a very close-knit family. I was surrounded by both of sets of grandparents, my cousins, aunts, and uncles, and I truly had a wonderful childhood growing up in Skagway. A, a small town can offer so many gifts, and I feel that I, I did receive many of those gifts. Hmm. I imagine that would affect your leadership, living in a remote area with a small group of people populating a large area of land. How does that influence the way you deliver services? Oh, definitely. I, I know what it's like to have barge deliveries for groceries only once per week. I understand that when the bread and milk are sold out at the grocery store, you may have to wait quite a few days for the next barge for your bread and milk. And things like planning trips to Juneau and Seattle and Anchorage, making sure that the trip was scheduled so that there was a ferry backup in case the weather was too poor to fly. Those are the realities of small town Alaska, and I understand um, what those realities are. It helps me, you know, when I think of areas um, in our department, like the Division of Motor Vehicles, which of course has many remote and smaller communities that it serves, and in those smaller communities where there may be only one DMV customer customer service agent, if that person is sick or out on vacation or we experience a vacancy, it can truly have an impact on that community. Mm. You live on a farm in the Matt Valley, Matanuska Valley. You raise horses and cattle. Any, any further insight on your job? Yes, I, I think it helps me to be very down to earth. You know, it requires a lot of discipline, commitment, and hard work. And, you know, I have several Jersey milk cows, beautiful little brown milk cows. And at times over the years, I have milked them regularly for many months at a time. And milk cows need to be milked. They absolutely must be milked morning and night every single day. There are no holidays and no breaks. <laughs> and it's really hard to find help. Most people don't know how to milk a cow. So come rain or shine or Christmas day, you must milk the cows. Mm, strong work, work ethic. Yeah. How is the delivery going for the core services of the Department of Administration? Your, you know, some of your successes and challenges. Well, we have lots of small wins and they add up eventually to, to the big ones. And every day when I think about the Department of Administration and our divisions, I'm so proud of the results that I've seen um, among the agencies. They deserve so much credit and praise for, you know, balancing day-to-day -day work implementing major projects like the consolidations we touched on and responding to the challenges from COVID-19. Um, we're full of incredibly hardworking staff um, and somehow they managed to produce some excellent results with limited resources. One of the greatest challenges we faced is COVID-19. We were already stretched thin 
um, with our everyday work, several you know major projects, and the response effort really did put a lot of pressure on our employees, as it did, of course, with other departments and businesses and individuals across the state. I think everyone felt pressure, um, absolutely, across the state. Um, but that said, I really think that DOA's response was one of our biggest successes. I can't overstate the hard work that our employees put in to support the state and the public, especially early on, to keep the government running. Mm-hmm. Let's talk specifics of the department. There's four public-facing divisions, Motor Vehicles, Office of Public Advocacy, Public Defender Agency, Retirement and Benefits. Um, briefly describe uh, you know, what we might not know about these divisions and how they help Alaskans. The division of motor vehicles um, is probably the one division that Alaskans would be most familiar with. Um, As we know, it's the state's vehicle license and titling agency, and almost everyone, I'm sure, across the state has had some interaction with the Division of Motor Vehicles. Um, But some of the other agencies we might not be as familiar with, and that would be, for starters, the Office of Public Advocacy. Um, That group provides legal advocacy and guardianship services to some of Alaskans' most vulnerable people, including neglected children, incapacitated adults, and elders. We have the Public Defender Agency, and our Constitution requires that the state provide legal representation to individuals who have had a run-in with the law and can't afford representation. And this is what the Public Defender Agency does. It, It provides legal representation to Alaskans who just can't afford it. Um, And then the Retirement and Benefits uh, Division, and that division administers the state retirement and benefit plans. Uh, They do the same also for Alaska's political subdivisions, um, like municipalities, boroughs, um, et cetera. Okay, and then there's also eight divisions that deliver services mostly to state employees, right? There's um, Administrative Services, OIT, Finance, Office of Procurement, Personnel and Labor Relations, Program Acceleration Office, Risk Management, Shared Services of Alaska. How do you get your hands around all these um, very, you know, sometimes incongruous, you know, or divisions? Yes, and and there we we are a diverse and complex department, and <laughs> we do we have a lot of different um, divisions that support that infrastructure. We can start with administrative services. Each department, every department across the state, um, in the executive branch, has a division of administrative services, and we call them DAS. That team primarily oversees the department's budget and finances. They they play a critical role there. Um, we have the Office of Information Technology. And they provide statewide um, IT solutions and service, um, customer support, um, things like that. Um, And as I mentioned earlier, that uh, group, the Office of Information Technology, is one of the areas we are also consolidating um, into the Department of Administration. We have the Division of Finance, and that division provides accounting, payroll, and travel services across the state. Um, that also includes maintaining our what's called the ERP system, which is the Enterprise Resource Planning System, otherwise known as IRIS, um, and it's uh, statewide financial uh, reporting. Then we have the Office of Procurement and Property Management. It's also partway through a consolidation effort. Um, In its final form, it will be the state's central procurement team. So it handles the purchasing for the departments across the state. Um, We have the Division of Personnel and Labor Relations, and this is the state's central human resource team. It's the team that represents the executive branch also in union contract negotiations. 
we have the Division of Risk Management, and that division works to protect um, financial assets and operations of the state from accidental loss through a comprehensive self-insurance program. They also um, administer our workers' compensation program. Um, we have Shared Services of Alaska, and they um, are responsible for um, processing accounts payable and travel um, for other departments across the state. And finally, we have the Program Acceleration Office. It's a newer team in the Department of Administration, and they work with our major projects, including the consolidations, um, and they help to plan, develop communication strategies, um, they provide status reporting, and absolutely provide um, some excellent change management materials. Okay. There's two commissions and one office also under the department. Um, what does administration do for the Alaska Public Offices Commission, the Alaska Public Broadcast Commission, and the Office of Administrative Hearings? Those three agencies um, are actually largely independent by design. Um, for that reason, we really mostly provide administrative support to them as, as we do the other agencies across the state. So our role is, is fairly limited. The Office of Administrative Hearings has nine administrative law judges who are independent of any department, as you were just mentioning. Um, I read that OAH handles more than 85 different case types with disputes ranging from $40 to $800 million, and some 500 new cases are filed annually. Can you flesh out some of the work they perform? I can. Um, the Office of Administrative Hearings is Alaska's independent hearing panel for most types of executive branch agency administrative hearings, um, as well as hearings on decisions by other governmental bodies. And so what that means practically is that they function much like a court. Um, individuals or organizations can appeal a decision made by the state, and instead of having to incur the legal expense of going to court, the Office of Administrative Hearings reviews the circumstances and applicable statutes, and they offer an opinion, a decision. Um, much of what I see coming through the Office of Administrative Hearings um, is procurement-related appeals and matters and um, the, and RFP, so requests for uh, proposals, um, appeals um, in that nature. And they, they help um, to a great degree there. It's a quasi-legal process. They provide a great service in that it saves the state, um, other governmental entities, as well as individuals um, and the public significant costs. The team of administrative law judges that we have in that group are highly talented and, and they do wonderful work. You mentioned earlier the pandemic and the, the stress on the workforce and the delivery of services despite limited resources. The pandemic brought out many talented folks, right, out of anonymity because of their great work. One group of them at the state is the Office of Information Technology. Can you talk about what they did? I am very proud of the Office of Information Technology. I, I believe they were one of the hardest working groups um, throughout the pandemic um, to support the um, to support state government and continuity. Over two months, a two-month period, they took 6,000 employees um, to a telework environment. That's 40% of the state's workforce. They transitioned it um, within a matter of weeks. Um, so we all needed laptops to work remotely. We needed virtual private networks. We um, needed to be able to collaborate remotely. Um, and so before we even had cases in Alaska, 
OIT, they were ordering literally thousands of laptops and preparing other enabling technologies like the VPNs. And we implemented Microsoft Teams and DocuSign and, and other, you know, other programs like that um, to support telework. The response was really astounding. Um, everyone in OIT deserves credit for protecting state employees and the public uh, and keeping the government running in the face of the greatest challenge we've ever seen as a state. A tremendous foresight in ordering all those laptops, and yet our state wasn't yet really struck with the virus. We didn't quite know what would, how it would play out. Yes, you know, <laughs> absolutely. I mean, to to order all those in advance and not yes. uh, really know that Vi- wow, six thousand folks would be in their homes working. Yes, very early on, um, we were able to to get that moving, and with a matter of weeks, um, we had six thousand employees teleworking. It's incredible. Now, my next uh, section is called DMV, Rising from the Blamed. Uh, The DMV is the function, of course, with the greatest interaction with the public and and likely the most interest. It's had some impressive challenges over the past two years, um, but I hear it has gotten really improved customer service survey scores. You know, what were the challenges and and can you talk about that? Absolutely. Well, COVID had a, you know, a tremendous impact on the division of motor vehicles. You know, teleworking was one of our greatest tools to mitigate COVID-19 for our other divisions and departments, especially early on. But the DMV is, is quite unique in that much of what they do really can't be done remotely. It has to happen face to face. And so this presented a unique and huge challenge. Um, We had the conundrum of protecting employees and the public while trying to continue to um, offer our state services at the DMV. And we did. We came up with some really creative solutions. We created a virtual road test process, and it used GoPro cameras to do road tests. And we implemented a new appointment system, and it helped to address the congregation of customers in DMV lobbies. Um, We are completely open to the public now for walk-in traffic, and we encourage appointments um, as well. But we, you know, we did a wonderful job, I have to say, of turning challenges into opportunities for creativity. Um, And we did. We had some excellent, um, we have some great statistics coming out of the Division of Motor Vehicles. We saw 11.4 increase in customer satisfaction scores. That's the highest score we've ever seen um, at the DMV. Really? It is. Over, I think in history, I think hmm. it's the, it is our highest um, customer satisfaction score that we've ever seen. Hmm. Um, we've been able to reduce average lobby wait times by 56%, and now our average um, wait time is 10 minutes and 13 seconds. It's Not bad. Mm-hmm. It is Not pretty, bad. it's pretty, yeah, it's pretty snappy in there, really. You go in and you get a number. It Absolutely. And we've, we've uh, digitized uh, much of our document retention. You know, we used to have paper that we retained boxes and boxes of papers, um, and now we have digitized that. Um, We've eliminated the physical transfer of sensitive information across the state. Um, We also partnered and onboarded with a couple of new business partners during this time, um, and we brought DM, essentially um, bringing DMV service options in Homer and Soldatna, and then on top of it all, we brought in approximately $68 million in revenue, surpassing our expenses by $50 million. Hmm. And what are the challenges for the DMV? Oh, the DMV does face some serious challenges. Right now, one of our biggest challenges is our vacancy factor. We have um, a current vacancy factor of about 21%. So 21% of our 
positions that are um, are open. We have no employees sitting in those spots. So that has a real impact on our ability to process paperwork, to see customers every day. Um, it, it has an impact on our wait times. It, it just really, really um, slows things down and inhibits our ability um, to, to work as well as we could or should be working. Um, and really, you know, I think COVID definitely played or plays actually a part in that. Recently, uh, an outfit popped up called the UMV. They describe themselves as the very embodiment of Lickety Split. Uh, if you're the kind of person who has time to spare and can happily wait several hours to be seen, to get seen, they say, at the DMV, then we are not for you. You know, I imagine you have some pushback on that. <laughs> Well, yes, because our current wait times are down to around 10 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> so, however, we embrace our, we do embrace our third party partners across the state. They provide, you know, sometimes a level of customer service that we may not be able to provide. They might provide, you know, extended hours. They, they may provide um, shorter wait times. They might be closer in location to different um, people. So we support, we absolutely support our third party partners and we're always pursuing new options um, in our in our partnership areas so they really do fill um, fill a great role I think um, and provide great options for Alaskans mm -hmm. what do you hope to accomplish as commissioner you know looking ahead for the Department of Administration I would like to continue um, with our small steps with gaining efficiencies and streamlining our practices um, saving costs cost cutting as much as we possibly can. Um, but very importantly, I'd like to continue our, um, our consolidation projects. As I mentioned, we have several of those that are in progress. Some are nearing completion, and I, I would like to, to see those through the finish line. Um, I, and I'd also like to see some significant progress um, with our migration to the cloud. So those are some of my biggest goals for the department. Paula Verana, Commissioner of the Department of Administration, thank you. Thank you so much, Patty, for having me. It was fun. This is First Hand, a podcast produced in the office of Governor Mike Dunleavy. Recording today at the Governor's Office in Palmer, I'm Patty Sullivan.